Hi, my name is Sophia Levin and this is Uncommon. Uncommon and Uncommon Clips are produced by Narel, a unique digital agency. Head to narel.com to learn more. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com. So yeah, what, what does this whole thing mean to you when you're just standing there daydreaming about things? What is the season traveller, what do you want it to be? I guess season traveller for me, initially, the idea was about a platform where everything I sort of do and believe in can exist, which is celebrating cultural diversity through food, sharing those stories and in a multimedia fashion as well. Okay. So the writing, yes, always. I mean, that's my background. That's where I've come from. But also just a place for more and more video content to live just because if you want to get a message out there, not everybody wants to read 300, 600, 1,200 words deep diving into a cuisine or a culture. Mm-hmm. For some people, the storytelling is visual. And I think it it would be an oversight to just have written content on a website or a publication like that. Uh, I suppose looking forward, it'd be great to have Season Traveller not only be something that shares the stories of people who might be underrepresented, but also have writers or talent who are underrepresented doing mm. the same thing as well. So call it contributors, whatever that looks like. Okay. Uh, or even, you know, having a Season Traveller show or podcast or anything. I just think exploring as many mediums as possible to get that message out about eating curiously and, you know, ordering and exploring outside your comfort zone so that you can learn more about others, but also your own biases as well, which I think is as big a thing. Often you have to check yourself when you're looking at a menu. (laughs) So you want to build something, basically it sounds like you want to build something bigger than just you and your name. Yeah, absolutely. But whatever the fastest route is to reaching the average eater as opposed to the average person and just making them think about Mm. food as something more than just sustenance or more than avocado and toast in Melbourne on a a Sunday or Saturday morning. I just think there's so much opportunity for food to be that medium where it's a window into something else. So who who are the – what are the publications you think about that you really enjoy that – you're pulling ideas, not ideas, but structure and style from today? Visually, I think I would always aspire to something like Netflix's street food, for example, just because you don't even have to love food at all to be completely engaged in something like that visually. It's just beautiful, the Mm. sound, um, the learnings around that, the storytelling is incredible. That's sort of the ultimate, I think, in terms okay. of visually. In terms of written content, there's not nothing I've really based what I do off. It's very much my own style, uh, which is probably why I had to put it in a website that wasn't someone else's. But there, there are sort of parts that you can pull from, um, So there are a lot of newsletters, e-newsletters that go out now that might show people's personalities or cultures that are a lot more niche. Um, I think SBS Food, who I write for, Mm. just to get my biases out um, straight away, they do a great job at sharing these stories and not necessarily having to cover a person or a dish that's really well-known or brand new or celebrity chef. 
I like the sort of short social media friendly nippy news style of a publication like eater.com, yeah, yeah. which, um, you know, s- some people don't like because their take on diversity hasn't been great <laughs> recently, but <laughs> it's sort of taking all the best parts, I hope, of publications that exist already, but then hmm. sharing stories and content that I just think, for whatever reason, has been mostly overlooked. Yeah. Well, that was the thing that I wrote here is like when it comes to leaders, people you look to, I know that in an old interview, you mentioned you're a fan of Gail Green, A.A. Gill. I will always remember this clip of A.A. Gill and Ramsey having an argument. I don't think I've seen that one. It's like from when, uh, what was his first TV show, Boiling Point or something like that? When like as a young Ramsey in his first kitchen, they're going for like three stars three Michelin stars or whatever, uh, Jeffrey Steingarten, Jonathan Gold. But I always, like, when I saw a lot of your vi- videos, I got a very distinct Mavo Mira and Food Safari vibes. Yeah, Maeve's amazing. That's yeah. a huge compliment. Um, and I did wonder whether she was part of your inspiration or I guess if you're pulling from all these different people, you just sort of start to define it in your own way, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love, I absolutely love what she does. Um, and, and in a roundabout, way would probably say I'm I think more similar to what she is and stands for and what she's doing than people have probably referenced as you know heroes or people I look up to in the past I mean even hearing you repeat some of those names back now they seem less relevant than whenever that interview was I guess because I mean it's a slightly older generation I don't agree with some of the masculinity around some of those people (laughs) (laughs) and how they present themselves I mean the, there would have been a time not so long ago where I would have been like, fuck yeah, I want to be Anthony Bourdain. That's the next person. He's my hero. I mm. love him. But that's I, I don't really want a seat at that table anymore. Times have changed. I want to create my own table. And I want you know young women to feel like they can go out and get their hands dirty, talking, reading, writing about food, and not necessarily just end up in a shiny kitchen doing the Nigella thing, which is fine. People can do that. But I would... I would much rather be a young woman who's not afraid of getting a little bit of food poisoning on camera if it means that you're going to be able to share someone's <laughs> culture and story and embrace difference in that way. Yeah. Yeah, Maeve O'Meara, I feel like that's that's the most accurate way of looking at it. I just remember always like, <laughs> it's so funny, hindsight. I feel like I was talking about it the other week in the interview. We'd like sit down Friday nights and we'd have like, because yeah, we just didn't get takeaway food and mum mum would do like you know now everyone likes all these new takes on things like for a while it was um sort of that med um levantine style uh pitta type pizza thing and we would always have that for like dinner on a friday night and mum would call it like um uh, not pizza muffins, or just something like <laughs> real basic and like we'd be so stoked about it. And we'd watch, because they would always watch SBS. So we'd watch stuff like that. Uh, Olive oil would be at a premium. <laughs> Some of us were allowed to have it. If you didn't like it, you were absolutely not to have it because it was so bloody expensive by the leader. Um, it's bringing back a lot of memories for me and I just remember watching that show and thinking like, man, can we cook this? Can we, can we cook that? And it was a f- I don't know, is she still going on yeah. SBS in terms of... Well, she's just started doing food tours in Sydney. 
Really? I believe, yes. I saw something crop like up as in, in broadsheet. to it? I believe so, but I wouldn't want to be Fuck. quoted on it. But there was a broadsheet article if she talking was, about the details. I do wonder whether they, uh, how far in advance they'd be selling out. Yeah. <laughs>